activities. But when asked if they'll continue to go to church once they're living on their own, only one out of three teens say they will. If they are the future of our churches, we're facing a crisis of biblical proportions. This book is about you, your family, and your Bible. It's about the dust on your Bible. It's about taking a reality check with regard to how deeply the plague of Bible illiteracy has wormed its way into the churches and the homes of America. In this audiobook, we'll trace the amazing impact the Bible had on the founding and the formation of our country. And we'll see how new America was born in recent decades, an America that has become hostile toward the Bible. We'll also focus on the debilitating effects Bible illiteracy has on us and how Christians are robbing themselves through simple neglect of God's Word. Calling America back to the Bible isn't just about the good old days. It isn't about going back to a simpler time. In fact, it's not about the past at all. It's about returning to biblical living in the future, living that is both informed and impelled by genuine Bible literacy. We are in crisis mode. If we do nothing, it could easily mean the death of any biblical expression of Christianity in the 21st century. We are that close. But this book is also about solutions. It's about what it will take to recover Bible literacy in America and who the key players are, including you and me. And although we've ambled a long way down the road toward Bible illiteracy, we haven't yet passed the point of no return. There are solutions, and you and I are a big part of them. Thirty years ago, Harold Lenzel wrote a book entitled The Battle for the Bible, and in it he said, A great battle rages today around biblical infallibility among evangelicals. Well, today the great battle isn't over biblical infallibility. It's over biblical illiteracy. This book will both highlight the challenges presented in taking back the book and provide a clear path to calling America back to the Bible. Part 1, No Book Like It There's no book like the Bible. There's a story about an agnostic university professor visiting the island of Fiji. When he met a local chief, he bemoaned the fact that missionaries had come to the island, duped the Fijian people into believing the Bible, and converted them to Christianity. Surprised, the old chief said, See that huge rock over there? On that rock, our ancestors would crush the heads of our enemies. And you see that big oven beside the rock? In that oven, we would bake the bodies of our enemies before we ate them. You should be thankful for the Bible. If it weren't for that book, you'd be my lunch right now. The Bible has changed the lives of people all over the world for millennia. It alone is a living book, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Now, throughout this book, I'll use a variety of adverbs to describe how to read the Bible consistently, meaningfully, daily. But maybe the words you're looking for are useful, helpful, and practical. Does it work? Is reading the Bible something you know you should do, or is it something you can't live without? I've learned it's something I can't live without. Reading the Bible isn't just theory. It's the key to enjoying the Christian life. It's not just a oughta in my life. It's a must. Let me tell you why. First, reading the Bible prepares us for life. 
My family and I have faced our share of trials in life. Here's what I've learned that helped me prepare for them. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Meeting God in his word helps me to make sense out of the senselessness of life. When the apostle Peter wrote to his friends sprinkled throughout Asia Minor, he knew they were facing hard times. Suffering, trials, harassment, and anxiety are mentioned in each chapter of his letter. So how are these Christians supposed to handle the tough times? Prepare for them. Peter says of their trials, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared. You see, when tough times come, consider that the Lord Jesus is never unholy, never unfair or unjust. Tough times come to all of us, but Jesus is always...